Hi everyone, my name is Crystal Goins and I am your resilient teacher mom here to talk to you about relationships without burnout. The next couple of episodes, I hope to speak to any parents, any teachers, any caregivers out there who are feeling burnt out while working with kids. I am an educator on the primary levels for 13 years. This is my 13th year starting this fall. And I am a parent of five children ages eight, six, five, three, and one. So I started my parenting journey about eight and a half years ago. But also I have experience with working with teenagers since I was a young life leader for five years, four in Chesapeake and one in Suffolk. And then I was also an advisor for college women for my sorority for about five years as well. And so I have come to know this summer that I'm just very passionate about young lives and very passionate about relationships. So that's why I am talking to you today. After COVID, I believe that teachers, parents, caregivers are completely burnt out by raising and basically caring for young kids in these weird, stressful times. So it doesn't help if you're a working parent that you are burnt out on the job, but you come home and your child has needs that overwhelm you when you can't even care for yourself. And... It's just been really hard to have a very healthy relationship with children right now, especially in in terms of experiencing trauma on our own level, but our kids feeling the trauma of our trauma as well as the trauma of a changing world. So me and my kids have been able to navigate these waters because of how I raised them in relationships relationships have been important to me since we were little. My parents raised me and my four siblings with strong family values and the relationships, um, the relationship making I've felt in my family, I've been able to name into a process that I call part, which builds partnerships out of being prepped and ready, which is organized and just ready to go. Attitude awareness, which essentially is emotional health. Attitudes is an outward display of the emotions inside. And so those emotions need to be addressed. Respect and responsibility, which is kind of human needs. Everybody needs to feel respected and heard and seen, but also We need to share responsibilities so it's not inequitable that we're sharing the work and we're caring for this space together. But there's also a sense of collectivism or teamwork where that work builds us together as a group, as a team. And I've built my relationships at home subconsciously that way with my husband and my kids and even the students in my classroom. But um, I it didn't always know to do that. There was many times of trial and error, a lot of failure, a lot of giving into other people's advice, but being led down a rabbit hole of 
something I couldn't manage. And my kids were becoming very entitled and materialistic. So I came back to my roots and um, this podcast is going to define the different mindsets and kind of steps along the way to get to these healthy relationships that I have right now. And I'd like to share that with you today. The place I'd like to start with you is really defining your relationship roles and what intentional living is all about. Defining your relationship roles when you're in a relationship with a child, it, it doesn't have to happen in the newborn stage. Um, pretty much so they're six months, you, they need everything from you, from your attention to feedings to changing to your touch. But when they start getting their own mind it, and they start doing the whole getting mad at you because you're doing something for them or you're not giving them attention, it's important that even non-verbally you define your role to them. Whether it's I'm your mommy or I'm your parent and you're my child. And in defining that role, you have to let them know you're the disciplinarian, that you have to, they have to know that you're the authority or the lead in that space and time, meaning that you'll tell them what's right, what's wrong, what we're going to do next. Um, And that's because of moral obligations you have in your role. As a teacher, I let them know I'm the teacher and I'm there to teach. And as a student, they're there to learn. As a caregiver, if you're a daycare worker or a nanny, hey, I'm here to watch you. I'm your nanny. I'm your babysitter. And that means I'm going to keep you physically safe, but I'm also going to make sure that you feel safe as well. So personally safe. Whatever that is, those roles needed to be defined. And like I said, if it's a nonverbal infant or a toddler, a lot of those signals are going to come from your discipline or your actions or your nonverbal cues. But if your child is speaking, it's going to come with a verbal reminder that, hey, I'm the parent. Hey, you're the child. Hey, I'm the teacher. Hey, you're the learner. And those are your roles. And then over time, you're going to define your norms for your roles or the roles that you live by. The next thing I want to talk to you about is intentional living. Intentional living for me over time has been defined more as practical and productive respect and responsibility. Again, this is something I learned in my home. Um, The roles were pretty defined by my parents. They made it very clear that they were the authorities in the house. And over time, I've learned that that doesn't have to be like a very firm and scary thing. It can be very nurturing as well, as long as it's still firm. But intentional living means that you are going to put practical and productive ways for your child to learn respect and responsibility in your family unit, in your home, at school, in shared spaces like the car or um even when you're on a trip, any time where you're sharing time and space, they have to know what respect practically looks like in those moments. And they also have to be productive and responsible on sharing tasks and roles, not roles, but just tasks um, to get things done. 
or to upkeep things. In my house, I find that respect allows everyone to feel valued and heard and that everyone has a voice and everyone is seen. It's it's kind of a human need. And so even with my daughter, who's a strong personality like me, we're very much alike, um, and in my husband as well, I have to remind her that we respect her brothers or we respect her daddy or I respect her husband. And I have to be quiet sometimes and I have to let them have a voice. And I have to step down sometimes because I have to respect that they have a role in this family as well and, and they can lead in their own endeavors or own tasks themselves. So sometimes respect means that we have to step aside and allow others to shine as well. But in responsibility, we share everything. My kids, even my one-year-old, two months shy of being two, knows that, you know, if he spills something and I put a paper towel down before I even taught him, it's just the rhythm of my house. He, if I have to drop that paper towel down and he'll get mad at me if I start wiping the spill up and he can't do it himself, especially if he did it himself. Um, and forgiveness is a big thing in my house as well. And so even my one-year-old, he can't formulate the words where he can articulate it, but he'll yell at his sibling and I'll say, oh my goodness, Miles, you have to take care of him. That wasn't very nice. And he'll say, and my kids will be like, we forgive you, Miles. We forgive you. So The rhythm of respect and responsibility has to be a norm with your family unit or within that relationship you have with that child. And for me, I say family just because my classroom is a family as well. I can talk more about what this looks like on a practical nature each episode and give you mindsets will feed you in this direction. But a couple of key tips or sayings that I'll leave you with is intentionally I put relationships first always. So when I'm dealing with my child in the classroom at home, I'm always asking, is this helpful or is this hurtful to the relationship? In terms of roles, if I'm redirecting a child, I say, who am I to you? Am I your parent? You know, am I your friend? Um, In this situation, if I'm your parent, then what type of parent would I be if I said that was okay? What type of parent would I be if I let you know that that was right? Um, And then the other thing, I am very big on teaching my children that they are learners and they're part of the learning process, including training and learning how to be human. This world, especially the American society, is all about productivity, but sometimes doesn't respect your needs as an individual in the human sense of emotional and mental health. And so with that in mind, I have to train my children on the mindset that it's okay to be human and it's okay to learn what human means. So the last saying that I have to leave with you when dealing with children is I say this a lot Um, with my own personal kids, but so what? You made a mistake. Does that make you a bad person? 
No, that just means you're human and you're learning. And it's okay because you take as much time you need to learn it. And because I know and I believe that you'll get it. You'll get it next time. Don't worry about it. So you want to coach and train your kids to be okay with learning. And in doing so, they're okay with making mistakes and being human. In the classroom, I found myself a lot saying, am I, am I a human or am I a robot? Because a lot of what was asked of me, you know, in the world, in my job, it just seemed like they, they thought of me as a robot. And my kids would laugh and they would say, Miss Gellens, you are so human and not a robot. And I think that's important to realize that in a relationship, that this is a human relationship. This is not a robotic one. So there's going to be emotions tangled in there. There's going to be times where patience and waiting will, will have to be part of the process and plan. But we're all learning, whether you're learning your role as the caregiver, the adult, the authority, or whether you're learning your role as the student, the child, the one who has to be submissive in a way to somebody else's directions and role and, and role in their life. They have to feel a need to need you. Um, and you need them to realize that that need doesn't have to be um, wrong. It can actually be very fulfilling. So I hope to talk to you next time. And I thank you for listening.